to bear the weight of sin that was mine. Praise the Lord. Here we are, baby. Come on. Yeah. Baby. <laughs> Welcome to the Pure Joy Project. My name is Paul Anigan. I'm Bennett Diffley. I'm Daniel Reed. <laughs> yeah, Gosh, why are there why are there why are those interrogative statements? I'm, I'm I don't really know. Last week we switched the order. Like when I, I was... <laughs> left, I was always in the middle, and then yeah, Dan yeah, was always yeah. last. And then last week I went last, so I didn't know if Dan was going to speak or me. No, you're yeah. for sure back. I want to be back. It just sounds right, like that order, that cadence. I don't know why. It just does. No, I agree. I'm Bennett Diffley? Question mark. <laughs> It's like, am I an existential crisis? <laughs> yeah. am I? What am I? Quarter life crisis. Listeners, we're, we we are clowning this morning. Am it's I? A yeah, morning. yeah, we're, yeah. We're we, fresh. We are bushy tailed and uh, clear eyed this morning. Nice. Come on, I, just clowning. Um, so, yeah, drinking decaf coffee like an old man. I uh, <laughs> normally we record these at like you know late. And after we're all done doing a ton of things, and so this morning it's just a little different energy. I kind of like it. Um, First thing on the on the plate. Yeah, no, not for me. I got COVID tested, came up negative. Turned me up, cowboy. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, I walked across campus in negative thirteen degree wind chill. It's pretty sick, dude. Uh, but we're here, praise the Lord. So, without wasting too much time. Um, you did not come here really to hear about us, I don't think, but Mm-mm. that's what we're going to talk about for just a minute here. <laughs> um, so I <laughs> have <laughs> gross. So <laughs> since the last podcast, I, uh, do not have an appendix anymore. So I had to get surgery on my appendix to get it removed. My indoor track season is over, um, because of that, which is kind of a bummer, but it started really, really well, and it's a really good way to end my last indoor season as a collegiate track and field athlete. Probably don't know if I'm gonna go on and run. Um, that's for a later episode, probably. Uh, and so ended up in the hospital with the worst pain I've ever experienced, and uh, the Lord taught me a lot about weakness in that time, and I'm not kidding; like it was really spiritual to. <coughs> to just be hurting all the time with no escape for about two days um, was really, really crazy and revelatory and just kind of revolutionized my prayer life and my willingness to suffer and some other things. Um, And then, yeah, I got my appendix removed. And then three days later, I mean, I'm walking comfortably and uh, I'm at practice and my athletic trainer comes up to me, says my roommates tested positive, my teammate and roommate has tested positive for COVID, so I have to go home and quarantine for um, five days because I hadn't seen him in two days because he had been quarantining himself. Um, So I only had to quarantine for five days. And uh, so tested today and came up negative, so I'll be free tomorrow to be back with the world. And if y'all know me, um, I am, like as these guys do, uh, my crutch is loneliness, and I'm always around people and always doing things. And so not being around people and not doing things has been quite a challenge. Uh, But that's just been really cool how that's been redeemed and used, and um, the people that have rallied around me have my back, and some opportunity that's come through it uh, just given me some motivation to go forward, be intentional, um, finish these last two two months and some change um, 
or three months at this university. Turn me up. Give me Daniel. Daniel here. Um, <laughs> it's been dummy cold <laughs> in Springfield as well. We've had a solid layer of ice that won't go away. Um, yeah. So that's been what's up weather-wise um, with my life. <laughs> hmm. Nice. Uh, I got to rein it in. I got to rein it in. That's what they're here for, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that, other than that, let me run with it. Other than that, um, just been doing the school thing, and but I've had a couple weeks off from doing worship for our our salt company, which has been really cool, just to like be a part of just the body, you know. And so that's that's been really fun. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a lot of homework, reading a lot of books that are too high level for me, like like Tillich. Any of y'all know who that is and probably need to chill out. Um, yeah, the dude's confusing. But, hmm. yeah, I'm doing well. Life's good. Um, I'm in the interview process with a, a couple churches for a residency next year doing college ministry. So I'm uber pumped about that. God's just been blowing things up and opening doors. So I'm excited to see what he does next. Um, so, yeah, that's that's me. Benny, what's up, man? Um. Kind of same old, same old for me. Uh, just getting in the getting in the, uh, the school grind. Um, just day by day at this point uh, for me. I'm uh, today's day sixty six of seventy five. Hard of my seventy five day challenge. So uh, feeling motivated. We're we're staring at the at the finish line um, and just just trucking right at it. Um, Interesting uh, piece to go with uh, what Paul was telling you guys earlier. Uh, after we recorded the last podcast, it was uh, Tuesday, I believe we recorded. And uh, after our podcast, we usually feel a bunch of, of gratitude and, and, and blessings, and we like to share those with each other. Um, and so we were texting each other uh, around midnight that night, and um, Paul's exact words on uh, Tuesday at midnight, so actually Wednesday morning at 12, 12 a.m., I would go through a year of hurt to feel the spirit move like that once. Hmm. And then next day, appendicitis. Yeah. And then the <laughs> next text, the next text in the string is Friday where Paul tells us that he's been um, painful for 40 hours um, in, in the ER, got his appendix removed, but recovering nicely. So uh, kind of wild. Who'd have thought? So yeah, Paul, you 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 did that to yourself, actually. So you know what? I'll take that. Yep, we we will take that. So yeah, um, no, I'm feeling I'm feeling grateful, um, feeling blessed. Uh, I miss my family. I I didn't think that I'd miss my family this soon because I, I I'm always with my family, always talking to them. Um, but with Valentine's Day around the corner, my mother is usually my Valentine, and uh, ah. so I miss I I miss her. I love you, mom. If you're listening to this, J. Dib. Yeah, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Mm. Tough. Gosh, that might be the fastest we've made it through, and I'm not mad at all. Um, so we are reading. We're continuing through Ephesians. Um, obviously, this is battle ready. You saw the verses that we're going to be going over. We're going to be going over. Um, hopefully getting through 8 through 16 of chapter 4. Um, so I would like, hmm, 
Daniel, honestly, I would love it if you just read all of what we're going over today. Oh, I would love to. Alrighty. <clears throat> Starting in verse 8. Therefore, it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And saying, He ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the low regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Hmm. Tough. So I'm going to pray over those words real quick, and then we're just going to hop in. Um, God, thank you for Scripture. Um, Lord, thank you that um, all of us, are us speaking, um, us conversating, Lord, and those listening, uh, that you've brought us through everything we've been through to have us here right now in this opportunity. Um, Lord, whether they're listening to it three months after it was posted or the day of, um, Lord, or whatever your will is, Lord, thank you. Um, thank you for the opportunity to do ministry in your name. Lord, I pray that you bring us revelation on this scripture. You bring us understanding, Lord, that you open these words, uh, let them out of their cage, um, that your majesty can be shown. Um, Lord, I just pray over Ephesians 4, 8 through 16, um, specifically, uh, spirit that you come before us, you interpret it for us. Um, that you speak for us over it, um, Lord, that we can do ministry in your name. Um, God, just let this time uh, push us closer to you, uh, all of us listening and speaking. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on. So verse 1, I have uh, one, 8 and 9 together. So um, how I plan to break it up, um, as we've said in previous episodes, we don't really go over the logistics of our notes or anything. Um, but... Uh, it always seems to work out as we put ourselves aside. So it says in verse 8 and 9, Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? <clears throat> Dan, you want to rip us right now? Come out the blocks? Fine, I suppose. Um, yeah, so immediately... I. I went to John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So this is Jesus who's talking to his disciples right right before his – actually, this is right after the crucifixion, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, and this is right before his ascension. And Jesus is saying that he has to ascend, right, return to heaven in order for the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, you know, whatever you want to call the third part of the Trinity, um, in order for him to come. And so that's sort of what we're getting at here through verses 8 and 9. Um, another thing that's really cool, can, like 
context-wise is so in verse 8 he's quoting psalm 68 18 and mm. so the image that's being painted is like this king who just went to war and is returning victoriously with a bunch of uh like people he's taken at, uh, captive and that's that was is what you would do uh in war at the time you know once the enemy surrendered you, you would take captives and then um they would be indoctrinated into society and, and you know so on and so forth but um yeah this is like it's really getting at the you know the victory of christ here right the victory that as jesus was you know laid down his life and was killed but then you know three days later rose from the grave victorious conquering death conquering the grave this is sort of like the celebratory after the fact of now that jesus has risen from the dead and is now as ascended to the right hand of God in heaven. The Holy Spirit is now coming and in the Holy Spirit coming down, the helper of Jesus, Jesus Spirit, the paraclete, um, we are now being gifted with all of these new spiritual gifts that haven't been seen or haven't really been broken down yet. Um, and so Paul is sort of breaking down what what happened at the day of Pentecost, right? When the spirit came down, this is in Acts chapter two, if you want to read up on it for yourself. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for verses eight and nine. Hmm. Um, I, I also was going to mention that this is, that Paul in this letter to Ephesus is quoting um, scripture. So he's quoting Psalm sixty-eight, eighteen, like you said, which reads slightly differently. Uh, he kind of, obviously the, the language is different. Um, that it was written in. Paul was writing in Greek. Uh, this was written in Hebrew. Um, Psalms was. So it says, You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train, and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord may that the Lord of God may dwell. Um, that that it is I mean, essentially this idea of descending, right? It is the most like it is a practical humility that Jesus took to step down from the throne, to step down from perfection, to step down from on high to be with us so that we could be with the Lord. So he descended so that the Lord may dwell in us, so that we may receive that gift of the Holy Spirit. We may receive the ministry of Jesus Christ and being a part of his church um, in that. So he brought the gift to our level. Uh, just a, it's a simple Devo message to say that we should do the same, um, that we should be bringing Christ to others. Love. We should never feel too good to meet with someone, to be with someone, to spend time with someone. Like nobody is ever unworthy of our time um, if it's done in genuine love, because that is the guy who had the ultimate excuse to not step down with us is the one who stepped down with us. Um, so just a thinking point, really. Benny. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, uh, here Paul's just really trying to emphasize, emphasize that message that you, that you were just talking about. Paul is that like, he, he didn't have to do those things for us. He didn't have to do anything for us. Um, we were dead in our sin. Um, but he chose to, um, not only ascend to the heavens, but then descend, um, to mind reads to our lowly world. Um, so he, he surrounded himself in sin. He, he, surrounded himself in the flesh, um, all, all the worldly desires without being in it. Um, and I think Paul's really trying to emphasize that here. Um, and he's kind of flexing on, 
uh, or flexing for Jesus there, kind of saying like, yeah, he, he came, he came down to the lowly world. Um, and that same one is the one who, who ascended higher than all the heavens, um, so that he might fill the entire universe. Um, so just kind of slight, slight flex on, on, on what Jesus did. Hmm. I love it. And you, you actually segue like really well into, um, verse 10, right? He, it's basically, it's essentially saying the same thing. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, um, Mm -hmm. that he might fill, um, all things, right? You, so you literally said he who descended is also the one who ascended. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you read your scripture. I love that. Um, and so that message being driven home, I don't think we need to spend too much time on that. Uh, that uh, that he who descended is the one who ascended uh, far above all things, right? Or like into glory, he ascended. Um, as we read in Colossians one, like all things created by him, through him, for him, they're all held together um, through him. Like and and John one one, like he was the word, or it, the word was God. The word was with God. Like like Jesus is so far above our human sin and us stepping into or and us like being in this world and so him lowering himself to the loneliness like to what we are and the way we depart and then being raised um and offering us to be raised alongside him to to have a kingdom alongside him uh to be in glory alongside him um that is uh, the most like humbling message and and a picture of how to do ministry um so dan do you have 11 and 12 grouped as well i do yeah okay go ahead yeah i'm gonna read them first um please 11 and 12 and he gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of christ so 11 and 12 uh, we're presented with these different positions that come from different spiritual giftings, right? So you have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the shepherds and teachers or the pastors. Um, you know, all those words are kind of, they basically mean the same thing in the Greek. And so what's really cool is that Jesus himself is establishing these gifts by sovereignly giving them to specific people. And if you're asking yourself if you are, have been gifted in any or multiple of these areas, yes. You have. You have been gifted specifically to play a part in the fulfillment of the Great Commission, right? Um, I heard it from one of our our SALT staff guys who heard it from someone else, and this quote, and I I think it's fantastic. So the, the question is not if you have a part in the fulfillment of the Great Commission, you know, Matthew chapter 28. The question is, what is your part in fulfilling the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28? And so we see different positions being being um, like laid out here. And so we have the apostles, right? And some of these terms are kind of hard to define. Um, apostles in the first century, the early church, were the ones who were building up the church, right? They were laying the foundation, the foundation being Christ, the cornerstone. And they're building it up from there. They're, you know, cementing what the doctrine was going to be, what the teaching was going to be. They were, you know, at the Council of Trent, they were... Um, actually the Council of Nicaea, is that right? I think it's the Council of Nicaea, where they put together the the Bible as we know it. Um, and then the Council of Trent happened after that. Um, but yeah, you have the apostles, those who are sent, apostolos in the Greek, those who are sent 
by God. You have the prophets, right? And this is this gets kind of interesting. Um, there's a lot of discrepancy on what prophetic giftings look like. So there's continuationalists who believe that the gift of prophecy, as in divine revelation, is then those people who are speaking uh, as God has given them a word still exists. Um, and that it is it is new and it is like directory, like it, it is guiding. Um, but then there's also cessationists who believe that the, the gift of prophecy, right, the gift of people being used as the mouthpiece of God has, has ended after the first century church fathers passed away. And so there's this, there's this big discrepancy. Um, I, the gospel coalition, it's a website that I like to use that breaks down a lot of, a lot of scripture, a lot of, you know, Bible topics and debates. Um, they have a little blurb that I was going to read. It says scholars continue to debate the nature of prophecy. Some describe prophecy as the gift of being inspired scripture of inspired scriptural interpretation. Meanwhile, others claim that it refers to the act of preaching. Today, a popular position defines prophecy as the act of declaring infallible human speech, infallible, two words, in space, fallible, human speech, what God has brought to mind. While each of these proposals has been ably defended, none of them adequately summarize the biblical teaching regarding the essence of prophetic activity. Um, So this one's hard. This one's hard to deal with. Um, And like... I'll be the first one to say, I don't fully know where I stand on continuationalism versus cessationism. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't you know, made up my mind or don't have a, a hill that I'm going to die on there. But the next position, evangelists, are those who are gifted with preaching the gospel and telling others about Jesus. Like you see the the street evangelists, um, and a lot of times it's very like, you know, fire and brimstone, doom and gloom, like repent or you're going to go to hell. Um which, yes, to an extent, um, but but there's more to it than that. Like there, a lot of the times they just leave out grace, um, mm. and grace being that at the softening of one's heart, you know, the movement of the Holy Spirit, one is invited into a relationship with the Father through the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, right? Um, and we all we always always go back through the gospel, right? That Jesus came down, He descended. From heaven, as we have just read, right? He lived the life that we have been called to, but are unable to because of our fleshly, sinful nature. He died the death that we have earned through our sin. He rose again from the grave three days later, conquering death, showing that he was eternal, was God, was the master of life and death. And then he ascended to the right hand of God, where he is now pleading our case before the throne of God, right? When when God looks at us, the, those of us that are in Christ, he doesn't see our, our fleshly nature. He sees his perfect son who took and paid the debt that we owe through our sin. Um, and that's really what evangelism is, right? It's explaining, here's what the gospel is. Here's the good news of Jesus Christ. Here is what God is offering. What's your response? Um, that's really what evangelism is. And then shepherds, pastors are those who are called to lead the church through the teaching of the gospel and doctrine, um, James 3 verse 1 has a very good um, sort of description on how those who are called to you know, pastoral ministry are held to this higher standard, right? 
It says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And this is, this is very deliberately saying, like, those who teach the word of God should handle it very, very carefully. Because if they're leading the flock, you know, with the imagery of shepherds, if they're leading the flock astray, they will have to answer to God at a higher level than one who is not stepping into this form of ministry. It's a really big deal. Um, and it shouldn't be taken lightly. And yeah, um, mm. those are the one, two, three, four positions that are laid out through these couple of verses. And then just to wrap up uh, my long thought here, um, verse 12 gives us the reason for these gifts, which I think is really cool. Um, so like if you're asking like, why, why do these positions exist? What's the point? It seems really convoluted and complex. Well, here's why. They exist to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. These these positions exist to progress the body of Christ, which is the church, Big C Church, right? They are pouring into uh, young believers, you know, new believers. They're pouring into old believers. Uh, like a common common phrase in you know in Christian communities that you know the the spirit in use evangelizing to the spirit in me, right? We're, we're lifting up each other. We're sharpening each other, as Paul likes to quote Proverbs on. Um, and David Giesick says this. He says, The ancient Greek word was used to describe setting broken bones or mending nets. These ministries work together to produce strong, mended, fit Christians, right? So the idea is we're, com- we're coming to our brothers and sisters in the faith. We're coming to other believers like broken and battered from doing battle, from doing ministry out in this world, right? And then we're, we're lifting each other up through people operating in these positions, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds. We're, we're building each other up. It's, it's one big corporate body of Christ moving and operating together. Mm-hmm. Unity. As we talked about in the last episode, and we'll get into a little bit more um, in the next few verses. That's what I got. Mm. Um, he, this is Christ not leaving his church unattended. Um, this is this is Christ who uh, gave gave gifting to to certain people so that they could carry his church uh, and entrust these things and these teachings two faithful men to continue the circle of discipleship where his church would be sustained. Uh, so he um, is, is equipping men by the spirit. All of these things are divine that, that they have the gifting. They have the opportunity. They have the, the ministry they have by the Holy spirit in them. And second Timothy two talks about in the presence of many men and trust what I teach you to faithful men. And this is the beginning of that. This is Jesus equipping the first generation of people so that they can have people that they pour into who then take it seriously and by the Holy Spirit grow into that, mature into that, as we'll see in a couple of verses talking about the idea of maturing to completion in Christ. Uh, and so this is the first generation of that where we then see the circle of discipleship doing wonders in the church of Jesus Christ. Basically, Dan, you did a great job. I don't have much to say. And I assume Ben, it'll be about in the same boat. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I just want to uh, kind of hit on the fact that um, 
this is this is kind of exactly what um, the model of fellowship is supposed to look like. So Jesus says, well, there's a quote um, that, that's kind of ringing in my head, um, and it has to do with leadership, um, but I, I feel that it applies here. Um, because good leaders lead, but great leaders trust others to lead. Um, and so that's kind of what Jesus is doing. He's, he's um, I don't know if I want to use the word delegating, but he's, he's entrusting, like Paul said, entrusting others um, with the faith, with, with the good news, um, equipping them um, to go on and then um, tell others the good news. So then they can tell others the good news and then it multiplies um, over a scale. Um, and so um, that's really what, what fellowship and, and what ministry is about, right? Um, and evangelism is, is about is um, spreading the good news and, and what quicker way to spread the good news than to give the good news and tell other people, go give the good news. Because if one person does it um, and then they tell one person and they, they tell one person, then all of a sudden there's a hundred people. And if 10 people did that, then all of a sudden there's a thousand, so on and so forth. Right. Um, so I think that's kind of, that's what's sticking out uh, to me here is that Christ is, um, is giving the church, um, these roles or, or these, um, these, these positions of, uh, apostles and, and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, um, in order to spread the good news and, um, to kind of show the model of, um, of ministry and, and of fellowship that we're supposed to have. Hmm. And verse 13 lays out a goal. Bennett, will you read it? Yeah. Uh, verse 13 says, uh, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. I know you guys are reading out of ESV. I've, I've, no, I just picked up my NLT Bible, perfect. but that's perfect. Yeah. Um, so unity of the faith. We, we talked about a unifying spirit last episode, I believe it was where, where what does unity look like in, uh, in a Christian, like in a truly spirit led Christian way? What is unity? Unity is not just accepting sin and allowing it to go on because Jesus, while he welcomes us to be, he invites us to become and, and wants us to improve and grow in our maturity with the spirit. I think this lays it out in a cool way. Um, so unity of the faith, knowledge of the son and, and maturity in in knowing God, what exact so the word that's used there is teleos. Um, I I don't try to read Greek in an accent because I think it sounds really corny when I do. So I just I just Americanify it really bad, really badly. Uh, so it's it talks about a man who is complete in character. So reaching completeness in character in your mental, in your um, in your spiritual, in your. Um, so it is basically giving us a goal, like to chase this. We see that. So until we become complete in our character, which we never are delivered, we are never like truly sanctified. We go through sanctification constantly. But if we ever were to become complete, our pride would run so rampant that we would no longer be along, like walk alongside the Lord. Uh, but this is our goal: is to pursue this mature manhood in Jesus, this unity in the faith, knowledge of the Son, and this maturity where we and our character are becoming complete and mature. Um, and, and with that often comes wisdom and, and knowledge and the, uh, the discipline that, that comes with a godly man that one would look up to. 
And so we're given a goal here, and I think that's cool that we're just chasing that. We're chasing a mature manhood in Jesus. Yeah, I love that. Um, I like, I just like the line unity in our faith and knowledge of the Son. I like that. That's, um, I think if there was to be a, a sentence that kind of wraps up this, this, um, block of scripture this segment that we're doing today it's that unity in our faith and knowledge of the son Hmm. like paul said so that we can grow and mature um measuring up to the full and complete standard of christ which i might point out we will never reach um but as they say if you shoot for the shoot for the moon you'll land among the stars so call that a modern proverb yeah Yeah, and just a little bit, in keeping with the theme of unity, you know, from the last episode, we were talking about how it's it's all like one spirit, one God, one baptism, um, and the church is under one Son, right? Um, one, right? It's it's unified. It's together. There's there's one corporate body of Christ, and so um, I took it to First Corinthians twelve which is it's a whole chapter on spiritual gifts, but it, it talks about them being used to unify the, the, the church, you know, big seat church. Um, I'm just, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. Uh, starting in verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet. I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more, present, our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So metaphorically, Paul is talking about like the physical body and how we're made up of different parts, right? But with that, there's different parts of the the body of Christ, the church, that, you know, there's some positions of honor, right? There's the people who are on stage. These are positions of honor. Um, But there's also, you know, the behind the scenes, you know, the people who are, are great with the spreadsheets and stuff, which like I'm awful at that. And so I revere those who can like sit down and knock out a spreadsheet and are very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Are just like very business savvy and can, can do that kind of stuff. Like I can't, I'm not good at it. And so, but the thing is, there's no one part that's greater or less than the other. It takes all of them. For the body to be healthy and for the body to work together. It's because it's one, it's one body, right? Made up of different parts, just like we physically are made up of different parts. But if one part of our physical body is unhealthy, the whole body is unhealthy. Hmm. And so that's what we're getting at. All of these these positions are, are used to unify and build up the body of Christ. While they're different parts, different members of the body, they're all equally important. And so here's the thing, for those of you who listen, like most of our audience is younger, younger people, younger believers. Um, you have a voice in your church, like you are a member 
of your church who was called to not just receive the word of God on a Sunday, right? But you're called to pour into your church. So, so what are you doing to do that, right? How are you acting as a healthy member of the body, right? Are, are you speaking up? Are you shepherding those who are younger than you? Are, are you pouring out and not just receiving and taking in, right? Are, are you speaking up? Like if there, if there's false teaching going on, which it's like, I don't want to say just flippantly that it happens, but like pastors make mistakes. Are you speaking up? Um, because we should, and you know, in a lot of places that's frowned upon, and pride gets the better of people, and we're all human and fleshly and very prone to sin. But as a member of the larger body, we have we have a duty to the body of Christ. Because make no mistake, Jesus cares deeply for His bride, right? And His bride is the church. He cares deeply for her. And so and so we should too, as a member of that body. Hmm. So yeah. Um verse thirteen, you know? Yeah, yeah, that. Um so fourteen I think is so this is really cool that um as as we're on this topic of maturity, um fourteen reads that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Um, so, and then I'll just go ahead and do it with 15. So rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So this is, there's a, later on in Ephesians, uh, by the way, I do want to add uh, Romans 2, Galatians 2, both talk about partiality and how there's none of it. And the in the church, um, all have sinned, all will be, all deserve condemnation, but all are saved by a holistic gift that is the grace Jesus brought. Um, I was holding on to that thought. But um, so this, that we may no longer be tossed or no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by winds of doctrine, by human cunning, right? This is what we're being told as we mature into manhood in Christ um, and reaching the measure of, um, the stature of the fullness of Christ. We no longer are tossed. This is later on in Ephesians, and what named this series is um, is the the armor of God, and one of those things is the helmet of salvation. And I think this is an example of the helmet of salvation that reads in Ephesians six, because we can we are no longer tossed to and fro by the waves or carried about by all these things or trends or opinions. We can be mature and sound and and have a foundation that is strong rested in Jesus. So we are saved by that salvation from being tossed, being swayed, right? That is the helmet of salvation practically guarding our minds where we don't have to to walk with every wind and every trend and every conversation and everything that doesn't seem quite right. We don't have to just follow it blindly hoping it's the truth because we know the truth. So we're being guarded by truth. We're no longer being swayed. Um, and then um, with verse 15, speaking the truth in love, growing up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. We have now consistently three times in this section alone, it talks about becoming like Jesus, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus in growing in knowledge of the son of God that we can be like him. And so this is saying the speaking truth in love that will build up his church uh, that will that will help us grow into every way like Jesus. This is your people around you. 
This is your community that is saying these things. These are they, they are saying the thing the things that are hard and the things that are uncomfortable because they need to be said. Dan called me out for how often I mentioned the proverb twenty seven seventeen, but it's a pretty good thing, right? That as iron sharpens iron, a, a man sharpens or a friend sharpens a friend, or one man sharpens another, or whatever translation you read. Um, that our words being offered, our truth being offered, raising each other up, that's in First Peter as well, right? As love covers a multitude of sins, and and that love pushes us to be like Jesus, because that then that love takes so many forms. That that love is saying hard things. It is speaking the truth when it's hard. Because we are we are being sanctified. Um, we are becoming more like the king day by day. First John 2, 6 reads, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. Mm. So how the heck do I walk in the same way Jesus walked if my men that I call my main guys, the guys that know me better than anybody else knows me, the guys that see my flaws up close and personal and see my shortcomings, see where I need to grow, but they don't tell me. How am I supposed to grow to be like Jesus if I don't have anybody helping me, if I don't have anybody saying the hard things? So that's why it's necessary that we speak the truth in love. And and in love does not mean, and this is obvious to some but might not be so obvious to others, speaking truth in love does not mean that we speak it with just like, that we just allow it to go on, we allow things to go on, that we're just so tender about it and so timid. No, like God gave us a spirit like of power, and of self-discipline, as it reads in Second Timothy, one seven, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so we we have the spirit of power, and we can use this to sharpen others, to say hard things. We ask the spirit to come with strength, come with power, to give us the words, and we step into these hard conversations. But we also encourage. That's another form of speaking truth and love. But all these things help us to be like Jesus, which is the goal. That is the goal. Like game, set, match, there's no other thing before us that is more important than us becoming like Jesus day by day. Because if we just have a ton of people pursuing to be like Christ and doing ministry in his name, that is going to be an active and sound and awesome church to be a part of. That is the church of the world, the church of Jesus. That is also our personal churches. That as we all personally pursue Jesus... The ministry as a whole will grow and thrive. That's also your friend groups and your FCA and your your whatever you're a part of. That as you all pursue Jesus, those things become better, so much better. They bear real fruit. I love that, Paul. Um <clears throat> uh kind of what I what I see from, from verse 14 and verse 15, um, I, I'm reading, uh, we won't be tossed and blown about uh, by every wind of new teaching. Um, and that, that immediately sends my mind to Matthew 7, um, building a house on solid foundation. So verse 24 reads, anyone who listens to my teach- teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Uh, goes on to say that if the house wasn't built on bedrock and those who don't obey my teaching, my being uh, Jesus, um, that the rains and the floods will come and beat against the house and will collapse like a mighty crash. Um, so that kind of goes along with what Paul was saying too. Um, if you're not obeying the t- his teachings and, and not 
um, striving to be more like him, then none of us are, are, um, are actually growing to be more like him. Um, if, if, if I'm not there, if me and Dan aren't there to, to check Paul when, when he slips up, or if Paul isn't there to check me when I slip up, then, then there's no growth happening. Um, there's, um, we're, we're, we're still dead in our ways. Um, and so, um, verse 14 is, is really important to realize, um, that, that if we obey his teachings and if we're faithful and if, if, um, there's unity in our faith and knowledge of the son, right. Um, then, then we can, we can grow to be more like him, um, to match that standard that he's held. Um, and, uh, instead we will speak truth and love growing in every way, uh, more and more like Christ. And, and that's ultimately the goal. Danny boy. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Round us up. Yeah. So for verse 14, um, let me find it real quick. Yeah. So as we continue to grow in faith, equipped with our own spiritual gifts and being poured into by elders of the faith, we become more mature in Christ. Um, which is kind of what this is getting at. You know, I, I 13 through 16 kind of grouped up, um, so for verse 14, I want to chug them back to Ephesians 2.20, um, which reads, Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. And so what it's talking about, it's like it's built up. It's continuously built up. It builds upon itself. And the foundation is Christ, Right. As we've talked about throughout this this whole episode, right? These different prophets and apostles and shepherds, they're they're continuously building up the believers in the church and the non-believers. Like everyone that is is coming into the church, Big C Church, is being built up into strong believers who are no longer children of the faith, but are maturing and growing. And yeah, verse 15 goes continues in this about growing up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So growing up into Christ, this deeper understanding of who Christ is, what he's done, and just like the doctrine of of Christ. It's called Christology um, in, in most most studies, right? The study of Christ, the study of the the God, the Godship. And I don't, I don't know if that's a word. The study of the, the deity of Christ that that, that he is. Um so, in keeping with this, 1 John chapter 2, 12-14 summarizes this really well. So, John here is referencing a different church. And he says, I'm writing to you, little children, and these are figurative, like, of the faith, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, fathers of the faith, because you know him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. And so there's this this sort of progression, right? There's children of the faith, there's young men of the faith, and then there's fathers. And so as, as one mature, at, at matures, as one gets off of the spiritual milk and moves on to the spiritual meat, as Paul would say in Colossians, I think. Um, 
you, you grow. And then from the understanding that you gain, you pour back into the younger generation of believer, right? Not necessarily age-wise, but the younger generation of believer, um, someone who's been in the faith for a shorter amount of time. Um, and then you guys want me to go on to 16 too? Yeah, go ahead. Awesome. So yeah, then 16 says, uh, from the whole body joined and held together by every joint which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And if you look in 15, um, the, the children are not being, de- the, as they mature, the children are not being deceived anymore by the the cunning and craftiness and the deceitful schemes, as Paul was just talking about, you know, being blown every which way. Um, but in love and truth. And so that's how they're defending off this, these attacks, whether it be, you know, from, from the enemy or just from people who have false teachings. Um, they're defending off in truth and love. So, like, lovingly, like, what you're teaching is, is wrong. And, and here's why, truth. Right. Lovingly. Hey, I think I think we're missing something. Let's let's go to the Bible. What does the word of God say? Going to the truth. So it's both. Right. You, you're doing this with love, but you're not budging from the truth. That is the word of God. And so, yeah, 16 kind of just sums it up all really nicely. Uh, and 16 towards the last part, when, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Hmm. And, and that's that's just where I would leave it. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Mm. Each joint playing its role uh, the same way as a as a body or as a structure as a as in anything, each joint plays its role, and and if it plays it faithfully, or plays it faithfully the way it's intended to be played. Um, and, and people are using their gifting and their opportunity in their own area. This is how the church of Jesus grows in its unity and, and serves its purpose in, in, uh, the redemption of souls and peace on earth. Like this is, um, it is each person individually, as I said, just a minute ago, becoming more like Jesus, but, but playing their role and stepping into their gift faithfully. Because if a knee joint tries to be an elbow joint, the body's not going to work. And so we we have to play and bear the weight, just as joints do. This is cool. Um, bear the weight that we are intended to bear. Not somebody else's weight. Not, not putting our weight on somebody else, but faithfully bearing our weight. Utilizing our gifting and stepping into our opportunities. That is how the church of Jesus grows in the right direction. That is how your personal church grows in the right direction. As as Paul is preaching to the church of Ephesus, he's like, this is how you guys do it. Play your role faithfully. Put yourself aside to the Spirit. Become more like Jesus. It's a pretty good formula. Yep. I really don't have anything to say. You summed that up pretty perfectly. Aha! We just finished in under an hour. Come on. That's crazy. Unless Daniel decides to, or Bennett decides to pray for like eight and a half minutes. It's up to I him. don't know if I can do eight and a half minutes, but yeah, we'll see what the you, Spirit's Austin. capable of. Come on. Lord, um, thank you for this day. Um, 
thank you for a, a slow Saturday morning that we can um, take time to spend with each other in fellowship um, in your word with you. Lord, um, thank you for the book of Ephesians and thank you for chapter four in particular today. Um, thank you for teaching us about unity in our faith and um, knowledge of the son and how those two things can help the church and, and us grow um, into what you um, have called us to be, Lord. Um, hmm. We thank you for your grace, um, the greatest gift that we can ever, ever receive. Um, we thank you for your love, uh, your passion, your kindness, your patience with us, Lord. Um, we thank you for all of these things. Um, Lord, um, thank you for um, giving us this word today um, so that we can challenge ourselves and challenge each other um, to be more like you. Um, Lord, fill us with um, not not a spirit of timidity, but one of power um, and, and one of strength um, so that we can hold each other accountable. Um, we can be there for each other. Um, we can steward each other um, as, as iron sharpens iron and, and one man sharpens another, Lord. Um, Lord, thank you for this message. Um, uh, thank you for, for these verses, Lord, um, teaching us how to be more and more like you. Um, Lord, we love you. We praise you. Um, and I pray all of this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Hit that button. Let's go. Okay. 